Our text is from Galatians chapter 5, these words, For the desires of the flesh are against the spirit, and the desires of the spirit are against the flesh. For these are opposed to each other to keep you from doing the things you want to do. That's Galatians 5.17. Dear brothers and sisters in Christ, this is, this is, so it seems nowadays, quite a, a radical, a radical statement And that is the assertion here by the Holy Spirit that there is something within us, purposely placed within us, to keep us from doing the things we want to do. How horrible is that? How horrible is that? I suppose the world... That would be the response of the world to such knowledge. My life is all about doing what I want to do, pursuing what I want to pursue, being what I want to be, thinking how I want to think, saying what I want to say. This is, after all, America. America is a place where I live my life and express the liberty guaranteed to me by the Constitution of the United States to pursue whatever it is that makes me happy. And what makes me happy is doing whatever it is I want to do. So anything, anything that would stop me, anyone who would prevent me, any institution or societal structure or even just a tradition which would hinder me from doing what I want to do, from pursuing who I want to be or what I want to be or who I think I should be, well, they should be illegal, declared unconstitutional or something, so the world... Of course, there are all sorts of problems with this line of reasoning, right? This argumentation, the chief of which is that we don't live all alone by ourselves on an island. None of us do. We actually live in society, a society of people just like ourselves. And so from very early on, for as long as we can remember, we have been disciplined in one way or another really to control ourselves to control ourselves so that we don't do, we don't say, we don't even think all the things we want to do or say or think. As children, for example, when we would lose control of ourselves and whack someone, usually a sibling, we'd be put in a chair or sent to our room, made to stay after school and clean erasers. Kids, you'll have to ask your parents what erasers are. Have our mouth washed out with soap or even be paddled or spanked. Now what was going on there? Were our spirits being stifled? Those with authority misusing or abusing it? An overarching power structure forcing us to conform or be cast out? As one rock group put it. No. No, we were being taught to control ourselves, not to act on every impulse, not to say whatever thought came into our mind, not to think that every thought we would have was valid just because we had the thought. 
purpose of learning such self-control to become a functional member of society one who could work with others live with others one who could shoulder responsibility or themselves get married have children raise children pay taxes and improve life in general theologically we could say what happened was that we were taught that there was a great benefit to learning to control ourselves because then we'd be deemed to be civilly righteous by those around us. We'd benefit of a good opinion of us, enjoy a successful life. Of course, learning such external control didn't mean the battle ended within us. In fact, that internal battle continues to this day. Their hearts and minds and souls coming up with all sorts of ideas, ideas that need simply to be prevented from reaching their expression or we will lose we'll lose everything that we've gained in this life what happens when sexual immorality impurity sensuality idolatry sorcery enmity strife jealousy fits of anger rivalries dissensions divisions envy and drunkenness what happens when they become part of our lives anything good Do they lead to anything good? No. No. And assertions of rights and freedoms and liberties to do such things doesn't trump that, really. Why? The law of God, our Heavenly Father, trumps trumps every law of man. Because even though something done may be legal according to this law or that, if it's contrary to the law of God, the wrath of God, the punishment of God, or just the response of God can be expected. So the close of the commandments in Luther's small catechism, this is what it says there, God threatens, God threatens to punish those who transgress these commandments, therefore we should fear his wrath and not act contrary to them. Sure, we are taught, or at least I hope we are taught, to control ourselves to get along in the world. But the Apostle Paul, the Holy Spirit, goes one step further in our text, telling us there in Galatians that the Holy Spirit is given to us to help us in this fight. And that is the Holy Spirit is given uh, given to us through our baptisms into Christ so that we not only fight against ourselves, fight against our flesh, fight against our old Adam, but we seek to express within the world the fruit of the Holy Spirit. And that is love and joy and peace and patience and kindness and goodness and faithfulness and gentleness and self-control. You know, against such things, there's no laws. No laws. And there are no laws for they express who in fact God is and how in fact God expressed himself personally and publicly to us in the person of his son, Jesus Christ. It's the Holy Spirit's purpose, after all, to make us holy, to make us sinless, to make us just like our Savior Jesus, not only being civilly righteous, conducting ourselves externally from day to day as we should, but also being righteous within our hearts and within our souls and within our minds, thinking how we should about the things around us, the people around us, the world around us. And the Holy Spirit does this by pointing us to our Savior and assuring us that our past failures in this regard and our present struggles that we face, that is our sin, is forgiven by our Father in heaven. 
He does not deal with us according to our sins. We read in Psalm 112. He does not deal with us according to our sins, nor repay us according to our iniquities. For as high as the heavens are above the earth, so great is his steadfast love toward those who fear him. As far as the east is from the west, so far does he remove our transgressions from us. As a father shows compassion to his children, so the Lord shows compassion to those who fear him, for he knows our frame. He remembers that we are dust. Psalm 112. Now, this is not generally true, not true for all people, but it is true for all people who believe in Jesus as their Lord and Savior who have been washed, regenerated, and renewed by the Holy Spirit through Christ who daily live in faith. Now, what is this like? This life of faith in Christ. Live daily. What's it like? This, this pursuit of love and joy and peace, etc. Well, I'll tell you what it's not like. I'll tell you what it's not like. I had a basketball coach once who, as soon as I made a mistake in the game, would pull me out of the game. His thinking was that I and every member of the team would learn not to make mistakes if he did so, if he'd pull us out as soon as we'd make one. Well, the opposite of course, of course, happened. We became so paranoid when playing that we finally had to have a team meeting with the coach. How could we do what we needed to do on the court if the only thing we had in mind was being pulled from the court when we'd make a mistake? We couldn't even play. Our Heavenly Father knows our frame. He knows we are but dust. He knows we're infected with sin and live in a world full of sin, and so mistakes will be made. We will think this, we'll say that, we'll do that, not intending to, but it does happen. That's why through Christ, He forgives our sin daily, hourly, moment to moment, and keeps us in the game keeps us in the game of life, giving us His Holy Spirit so that we can continue to try our best, not simply to avoid sin and its consequences in the world, but to express the fruit of the Spirit against which there is no law, no penalty, no punishment, no ill effect. Now, this is wonderful, isn't it? The fact that we're encouraged by the Holy Spirit of God to live like our Lord and Savior wishes us to live. And and don't we know, hasn't our experience been that our best moments in life have been when we are cognizant of love, when we experience joy, when we are at peace, when we can express patience, when we can be kind and good and faithful and gentle and, well, have control over ourselves. We've all struggled against our old Adam to do the right thing, but isn't it so much better simply to want to do the right thing? That really is our sanctification in a nutshell, our sanctification as we live through faith in Jesus Christ, our Savior. Amen. Now, may the peace which passes all understanding keep our hearts and minds in Christ Jesus unto life everlasting. Amen. We rise and sing the offertory.